Wonder Woman 1984 comes out Wednesday in theaters in the UK, but US customers of HBO Max will get it for free on Christmas Day. So how was it? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Sean Keane, resident geek expert who just finished watching the film. Welcome, Sean. Thanks for having me, Roger. So we can get down to the details, but bottom line, did you enjoy it? Was this a good movie? Yes, I thought it was great. Uh, it was probably a little better than the first one. That is for reference sake. And for, for reference sake, just to give us a little bit of context, like what did you think of Wonder Woman? Because you know, I think generally got positive reviews, but there are folks who didn't like it or thought it was a little derivative comic book film. So where did you stand on the opinion of that original film? I thought it was great. I was I went into that in 2017 with, you know, sort of neutral expectations given how inconsistent the DC Extended Universe movies are. And I was ex- very pleasantly surprised. It's probably my favorite of the DC recent the modern DC movies. And Wonder Woman 1984 is a little bit better than that. Well, that is high praise. I mean, as you note, the the DCEU has been inconsistent, but there have been some some bright spots here and there. Without going to spoiler territory, I know you can't spoil too much of the de- details. What makes Wonder Woman 1984 better than the original? The emotional core is very strong. I know that's 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 super vague, but like so Diana goes on an emotional journey trying to put this in non-spoilery terms. And yeah, she uh, she mirrors a lot of the characters around her. Like, uh, so Pedro Pascal plays Max Lord and he's kind of the bad guy. And uh, Kristen Wiig is uh, Barbara Minerva. Um, and she's somewhere in there. Uh, I won't spoil the nature of her character. And they each kind of go on these different emotional journeys uh, based on... Magic. Um, <laughs> okay. There's, a, there's, a, yeah, there's an element of magic in this, and it kind of uh, propels the plot, and they each react to it in different ways. And the movie always takes the time to establish the character's emotional baseline, where they're coming from, and it very clearly informs how they react to the situation. And it's just really satisfying like that. Okay. And in terms of how it fits with the, the DCU, I know it's not exactly a cohesive cinematic universe like, like Marvel's is, but uh, in terms of like linkage to some of these other movies, is there some of that? Or is it more of a standalone? I know DC has largely been pushing towards more standalone films. Where, where does this sort of stack up? Well, so this is, as the title suggests, set in 1984, where the 2017 Wonder Woman was set during World War One, and that's so it's all well before the main events of the other movies. So they feel very standalone. It's her kind of past before we see her in those other movies, and as a result, like they can be watched on their own, like in sequence, which I think is really satisfying uh, to follow along with her specifically. You know, this is this film is notable not just because it's the next DC or the, really actually the first big comic book movie to come out this year. Uh, it's also coming out here in the US, at least. It's coming out on HBO Max for free if you are a subscriber. And that is a pretty radical move. I'm just curious what you think that experience or if that experience has changed in one of these big cinematic blockbusters that's really meant to be seen in a theater is going to be debuting in most people's living rooms or on their phones or tablets? 
So I went to a socially distanced IMAX screening here in London. To, I really did feel like, oh, this is the way to see this. It, it's a very big, spectacular movie, like they all are. And I was glad to see it on a big screen, but like for safety reasons, like HBO Max is the way to go for people in the States. All like Our subsequent viewings of these movies are always on TV or on a TV at home. And it's fine. So it it's probably just this idea that we should see these films on the big screen. But like, if you have a big TV and uh, like a decent sound system, this would be pretty spectacular. And look, you don't have to deal with the stuff you'd have to deal with going to movie theaters, like people on phones or you know the usual distractions. At least you have that control. Well, you you brought up the fact that you know you actually went to see this in the theater. I'm very curious how that experience was like, given that. I don't know how many movies you watched this year. I've watched zero in theaters. Um, what what was that like? Was that still was was there still some anxiety levels with going out in public and actually how many people were in that theater? It was I would say about a fifth full. It was a massive uh, screen, so it like I didn't feel like people were too close to me, um, and I was wearing a mask, and we had to sanitize our hands before going in, uh, so. All of that was weird, and I was nervous going in because that's just how we're conditioned now. But once the movie started, it all kind of faded away, and I was completely drawn in. That speaks to the quality of the movie, I think. Um, it, it, yeah, I, I completely forgot the situation I was what the or the conditions I was watching it under, um, and just lost myself in the movie, which is nice. Yeah, so it's so, like again, as I say, that speaks to the quality of the movie, and it like it, that sort of it's very emotionally engaging and visually engaging because it's set in the eighties um, and pop culture. A, a lot of pop culture is tied into that era, and like malls and those sorts of neon drenched visuals, and it 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 definitely fits the bill and that will satisfy people who loved the movies from that era. Yeah, if you're you're still itching from a, like the 80s vibe, I, I remember that Stranger Things Stranger Things really kind of scratched that for a little while. I guess right. this is a very there's a very similar vibe there then. Right. Uh, yeah, the only thing I would say is don't go in expecting like to be getting a lot of 80s style like music. Uh like there is some sort of music within the movie's universe from the 80s like pop hits but for the most part it's uh Hans Zimmer's soundtrack which is amazing um and really yeah I got a little misty-eyed a few times wow wow well I mean talk I don't know if you talk a little bit about the other some of the other characters you know and the, the teasers or the trailers have shown Chris Pine's character Steve Trevor back when he well he, he died in the first one so uh leaves a lot of people wondering I know you can't get into too many spoilers but I don't know if you could talk a little bit about some of these other characters and yeah you you reference this emotional journey they go on um, but I don't know if you could shed a little bit more light without going too heavy into spoilers about you know what we can expect as you can imagine uh, Steve Trevor's return does tie into uh, Diana's emotional journey and it, it makes sense in the context of the film and it's it's very satisfying um, I really really liked uh, Pedro Pascal as Max Lord uh, I'm been fond of him uh, ever since he was in Game of Thrones um, as Oberyn Martell, and there are echoes of that character in in Max, uh, and so he's quite fun to watch. 
And Kristen Wiig, I mean, you, I know you, you're trying to be a little coy. I know in the trailers, they kind of revealed she, she does turn into Cheetah, uh, a longtime Wonder Woman villain. What else can you say about her without going to spoilers? Yeah, she's, uh, <laughs> so yeah, she, this is difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I, like I, I could kind of vaguely remember what appears in the trailer, some of which is a little bit bordering on spoilery. Um, she is initially a contrast to Diana and she gradually becomes like a rival to her and it's fun to watch. Um, and, Kristen Wiig, the way her performance changes through the movie is really satisfying. And it, like you, you almost don't notice because she does it so well um, that it, it makes sense that she'd go on this little journey. Yeah, and she's mostly known for being a comedic actress. So obviously from SNL, was that, did she sort of play against or on type for her, for what we expect from her? As the character starts, she does kind of play it a little bit on type, but as she evolves, she moves away from that. Interesting. So any teasers or any hints or clues to sort of the, the broader DC universe in this film? Anything that we can sort of expect? Not really, but I, I have not had this confirmed. Uh, someone said that the post credit scene had been cut out of this media screening uh so and there was a moment in the credits where it appeared to jump a little bit so that there could have been a mid-credit scene um but the first wonder woman didn't have a post-credits thing uh so it's hard to know i have not had that confirmed yet well it'll be interesting to see if they they're saving something even for the press uh, when this thing actually airs uh, it is kind of an interesting stage and you know going back to the idea of this going to HBO Max. It is it's premiering actually this week, Wednesday in the UK, uh some other territories in the next couple of days. We're here in the US, we're not getting it for another couple of weeks. I'm just you know, we, we kind of joke that, you know, piracy is gonna be a big factor here pretty much as soon as this thing goes. Um just curious what your thoughts were on on the fact that, you know, here in the US we are getting this significantly later than than everyone else. Granted around the world, there probably aren't a lot of theaters that are open and showing this thing, but that doesn't mean that there are going to be folks talking about this. And it's, you know, there, it, it doesn't have that, that, you know, that moment, that time, that weekend where it premieres and everyone's talking about it because it is so scattershot. Right. Yeah. yeah and I think that's just the way movies in particular are this year. And like, unless they have a, some sort of vehicle to put it all out, like like Disney Plus. Uh, they can put something out, like The Mandalorian, and people are going to be talking about that worldwide now. Um, so it's a pity that yeah, the, it's going to be that scattershot way that people are going to see it at different times. Um, but we it used to be like that all the time, like uh, that stuff would come out at different points. Um, for instance, like Ant-Man and the Wasp came to, out in the UK, like, was it a month after the US in 2018? Uh, I think it was because of the World Cup. And so by the time people on this side of the Atlantic had seen it, no one in the US cared anymore. So th there's always a possibility, though, that like it will kind of it will keep going. You know, it might work in the movie's favor, and that the conversation will be extended. Oh, that's an interesting point. That it it gets kicked off overseas, but once we uh, in the U.S. see it, 
that conversation continues into the new year. Perhaps, I mean, the, Star Wars has had a lot of success debuting during that Christmas time frame. You know, a lot of people are off and they're able to, to sort of discuss. And, and we are all, I think, craving something positive to, to talk about uh, for the holiday season. Uh, yeah, I will say that tonally, Wonder Woman is extremely positive um, and it is uplifting. So it is a pretty great holiday movie. And it could be one of those ones that people just watch around this time of year, which will be nice in future. Well, after the terrible year that we've had, we definitely could use a pick-me-up. I'm definitely look, looking forward to it. I've got an HBO Max subscription that I'm borrowing from my brother. Uh, so I'm looking forward to watching the film. Well, Sean, thanks for your time. You can check out his review on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.